Y'all, welcome back to the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you would, subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and share this with someone you think it might be an encouragement to. Today, I have Eric Rokiski of Squat Wedgies. What's up, dude? How you doing, Ben? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about wedgies and talk about slant boards and all the benefits that come from it. Yeah, and I want to get it out there early. To anybody who's listening, you need to act quickly. Um, I'm doing a giveaway currently with SFH and with Squat Wedgies. It's sick. It's got protein, creatine, fish oil, an adjustable slant board, and some travel wedgies um, from Squat. It's it's sick, y'all, and I love using them for my workouts. I'm going to leave that up until Friday, so you just get on my Instagram um, or Squat Wedgies. You can enter the giveaway. Um, It's quick and easy, and it's, it's, it's a sick giveaway. Eric. Will you give me a little background? So are, are you the owner operator of like, what is your title at Squat Wedgies? And just give me a little bit about your journey, the brand, all of it. So I'm the founder of Squat Wedgies, founded the company in 2021 via Kickstarter. We started doing our Kickstarter to raise $14,000 for the travel wedgies that you have. That was our first product. And then over the last three years, we have expanded our product line. but I've been in fitness since I was 19. I became a personal trainer uh, 12 years ago when I was 19. Uh, when I went to school at East Carolina University, trained there for three years, and then moved out to California where I was a personal trainer at Equinox for four years. And then COVID happened, and uh, you know all the gyms were closed during COVID, so I had a lot more time on my hands. And I've used squat wedges in the past but there's really never been like an affordable option out there. And I was using it with one of my clients and we were talking about the products. I had some pro- like just wooden ones I made by myself and I was talking about potentially trying to make my own, but I never really had a name for it. And then we were working out and she just came up with the word wedgies. And I, I really liked the name. And sometimes once you get a good name, you're like, oh, I think I can actually build something around that. I think that's really catchy. People will like it. And that's kind of what started the journey of, building out squat wedgies. At first the name was just wedgies. And then I uh, tried to trademark that and they said, you can't. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, how about squat wedgies? And they're like, yeah, that, you actually can. So we filed the trademark, got the trademark for it. And over the last three years, you know, there's been that huge knees over toes movement because of Ben Patrick. And uh, he's done a phenomenal job with that. And obviously from COVID, more people are working out home than ever. And this is a tool that everybody uses and everybody needs because the squat is a foundational movement. If we look at just leg strength in general, the squat is one of the best ways to do it if you don't have other equipment. The one thing I always tell my clients, because I still train people nowadays, I still um, perform about probably anywhere from 20 to 25 sessions a week and people are busy. And I always tell them like, listen, you always have the ability to squat and work out. Like you always got gravity on you. You can do 20 squats in a row right now. And trust me, it's more tiring than you realize. So that's kind of a little bit about me and where we started. And when it comes to the future of it, my goal really is to get as many wedges as possible to people because like we talked about before the call, you know, 20% of people work out on average. It might be a little bit higher, maybe 23%, uh, but that's only like two to three times a week. So about 80% of people are not exercising. And when we look at leg strength, and longevity, we know both of those are extremely correlated. And like I just said, the squat's one of the best exercises 
to strengthen your legs. So definitely a goal of mine is to get all as many wedges as possible out there for people so that people can, whenever they want, just get into a great squat position, improve their range of motion. We know that when you can do a exercise, the greater range of motion, it tends to yield better results for muscle growth and strength. And that's one of the best benefits of just doing that heel elevated squat is it instantly clears up your ankle restrictions, instantly clears up your hip restrictions and allows you to get that full range of motion squat. I love that. And and so if, if you're on either end of the spectrum, Eric, I love that one, like if you're a personal trainer um, and you're working with like a wide array of demographics, having a squat wedge for clients who are not proficient squatters is a game changer because you're going to get a lot of people who have like horrible ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, like, and then you put somebody on the slant board and their squat changes almost immediately. And then on the flip side of that, if you're somebody who is trained hard and trained for years, um, like variety is the spice of life. And mm-hmm. I get me on a slant board and like the emphasis I feel on my quads, bro, doing like a goblet squat or a front squat on the slant board. Like, I mean, you feel it in the quads immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, great tool. And so a question for you, Eric, and you mentioned this before the call, uh, benefit of the slant board versus just putting your heels on like a plate. Yeah. So that's definitely on Instagram, something people always comment on our ads when they always say, Oh, just use a plate or something instead. And I go, oh, look at this. Perfect. I actually have my foot with me. I always have this. I always need this bad boy. So when we're elevating, uh, on a plate only, especially if you're doing like a, um, maybe like a 25 pound plate or 45 pound plate, like kind of what I see a lot in the gym is you're just going to elevate the heel bone only. And then it's going to have a big gap between that arch. So basically you're seeing here that you have that arch in your foot. So you're going to have a little bit of a gap there and more of the pressures is going to be on the heel and the toes. So that when you're squatting, it's almost going to cause this position. Whereas the toes aren't going to relax and it's actually going to push your center of mass forward. When we're using a a slant board where the whole foot can be elevated, we're basically just taking the ground. So your foot's like this on flat ground and then we're just tilting it forward like this. So it makes it a lot easier now for the shin bone to move forward. What a lot of people kind of forget about when it comes to ankle mobility is that the shin bone is one of the easiest ways to improve your ankle mobilities. And once we get the shin bone moving, you can kind of see, right? Like when the shin bone pulls back, your arch lifts up a little bit. And when the shin bone goes forward, that arch flattens a little bit. So when you actually have your whole foot elevated on a slant board or where your heel is elevated on a slant board and there's not a huge gap between the ground and the floor, you get more of this natural uh, shin to ankle movement where the tibia can actually go forward and then the arch can flatten. And that's going to help you long-term improve your ankle mobility. Whereas when you're just elevating the heel only on a plate, you're kind of just doing a squat with your heels, with your heels floating in space because your toes are now kind of jammed into the ground and you're getting more into that toe off position of sprinting. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different adaptation, right? Like it's, you're going to load your quads a ton still because you're on your heels and all your weights on your quads now, but you might load your knee joints more too. So when a lot of, there's a lot of studies out there and when they do look at like slant board studies and stuff, the studies show like, oh, the knee joint is undergoing more force, but that's probably due to the fact that how these people are squatting when yeah. they're using like either they're elevating their heel on a block of wood or something like a two by four, they're probably pushing their knees forward a lot more. 
And I think one of the benefits of the slant board is, you, you know what like a Spanish squat is? Yeah. yeah, right? So for people who are listening, it's kind of where you have like a band around your knees and it allows you to squat down the position, kind of keeps you upright and doesn't allow your knees to go too far forward because you're kind of going against the band. I feel that's kind of what the slant board does as well is because now that you have that el- whole elevated foot position, you can kind of sit back a little bit more into it and you can still get that nice vertical displacement of your your uh, your pelvis without the knees having to travel so far forward. Like when you do a slant board squat, you have two options. You can you can push the knees really far forward and get that shin bone to go forward. And if your knees are ready for it, by all means do that. It's a great way to strengthen your knees and to get them used to those higher forces. Yep. But if you're someone who has some knee issues potentially and a little bit of knee pain, what I found is when I do these fit expos, I have people come up to me and they're like, yeah, I have knee pain. I see their squat normally without the wedge. And then they go on the wedge and do the squat. Their range of motion clears up instantly. But what I notice is they're not doing like a drastic knees over toe squat. What like kind of, it almost like the sun gives them that little bit of balance so they can sit back a little bit into it. And then when they come back up, they're like, oh my God, my quads. Because yep. it's going to keep your torso more vertical and it's going to smoke the quadriceps more too. So I really like that benefit the most is when you're kind of doing those whole foot elevated on the slam board, it really allows you to strengthen your quadriceps without having to load the knee joint a ton. Because yeah. It's not like you have, it's not like if you smoke your quads, you're going to load your knees all the time. You know, there's, there's two different ways to do it. So I think that's the main benefit is you can get a great leg workout in, even if you have a little bit of knee pain or some knee inflammation going on. Yep. I agree. And I, my knees feel great when I squat on the slant board and something too. Um, I feel like when you're, if you're talking like, I think we're talking, we touch more on like functional fitness and just what's good for like longevity. But if we're talking also like purely aesthetics, like a narrow stance squat is like great Mm -hmm. for building like the quad sweep, like the outside of the quads and a narrow stance is tough when your heels are not elevated and the slant board for, for narrow squats is incredible. Yeah, that's a. I was gonna say, kind of one thing people say is, it's funny. They're like, "Oh, well, just you know, just take a wider stance and do your squat instead." What people don't know is, like, when you get a wider stance in your squat pattern, now the main mover tends to be your inner thighs and your adductors, especially if you want to hit your glutes. Like, if you want glutes and quads together, I still think a slant board can hit your glutes pretty well, and I do it all the time. If I do like a front squat with a hip distance stance, like narrow stance that smokes my quads and glutes as one, because the glute, when you have that narrow stance and you squat down, it's able to fully lengthen. Whereas when you don't have that narrow stance and you're trying to get that full depth squat, you have to take a much wider stance. And then like we just said, the inner thighs take over. So you're not gonna be able to stretch the glute as much. So that narrow stance to me is money. Also, if we're even just looking at the like the functionality longevity perspective, it feels way better on your, like your, your hip bones and, and your thigh bones and your femur, right? Because now you're lined up perfectly at your pelvis and you can kind of just drop straight down and it gets a great pump in the quads. I don't feel anything in my lower back. So I think that's like you mentioned, one of the bigger benefits is performing that hip distance or narrow squat, because we've had some people when it comes to the adjustable wedgie, they've, they've said that it's not wide enough. And it's 20 inches wide. And for most people, it should be more than wide enough. But I think a lot of people are so used to squatting wide stance 
And I try to tell them like, hey, no, try to get more into this narrow stance, this hip distance stance. You're not going to need as much weight, but you're going to need a huge pump in those quadriceps and glutes. Yep. Agreed. Eric, I also feel like we need to to cover a misconception. Um, when I was in college, right? So I'd studied kinesiology, right? And the big thing, like whatever this was like 10 years ago was like, don't let your knees go over your toes under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then you watch like the most proficient Olympic weightlifters in the world. And when they snatch and when they clean, their knees go so far over their toes. And also we'll preface this by saying like Olympic weightlifting has one of the lower rates of injuries as far as like professional sports go. So touch on that a little bit. And again, Eric did mention as a disclaimer earlier, you don't just throw your knees out over your toes, like a crazy distance on day one, you do build into Mm -hmm. it. But why do you think that's okay or acceptable when you build into it? Yeah, I think it's it's perfect. I like this cup here. It's just this is your tolerance, right? This is your knees tolerance, and you had something you're pouring into this. It's like if you fill it up to the top, then you can't handle any more, and that's when you need to relax a little bit and not go heavier in that knees over toes position. But over time, you drink a little bit. There's more space, and that it's on a spectrum, right? It's like if you have been doing it for a while, then that tendon, those muscles around it, ligaments, they can all handle those stressors. The bo- like the body is very simple in the fact that whatever demands you place on it, it will recover from it if the stress isn't too high. And the same goes for that knees over toes position. When you're doing those knees over toes split squat, right? It's like if this is your first time ever doing it. You probably should start out very slowly and not do too many reps and not do too many sets. Uh, whereas if you've been doing it for maybe a year now, you can handle a lot more. And I think kind of the issue is though, what happens is people see the stuff on Instagram and they see people preaching knees over toes, knees over toes. So they jump right into knees over toes stuff. And then they're like, oh, my knee hurts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because, you know, back to the cup thing, it's like you, you overfilled your cup. Your cup wasn't ready to handle those demands. You have to do a little bit of it and then jump out of it. And that's why too, when it comes to the slant board stuff, I'm really big on not just heels elevated work, but doing some toes elevated stuff as well. Like you're doing um, like some toes elevated split squats, which almost kind of works as a little bit of a barrier. So you can't push your your knee too far over your toe because if you try, you're going to kind of run out of that calf range of motion space. And I like doing that for split squats because it pushes your center of mass backwards as well. So it's going to take some tension off of that front leg. So you kind of have that, foot going uphill on that front leg and then you're doing that split squat pattern where the knee is going towards the toe but it's not going excessively over it it's just getting that shin bone to start moving right because not only do you have knees over toes but you have the knee behind um behind the toes that's just as important and we can't forget that it's like the knees over toes works really well it's going to be how like when you look at research when you fully bend a knee it actually has less tension on it at that bottom position because the other muscles are able to assist. But like what you mentioned, it has to be a gradual progression. You have to start slow and work your way up to it. And you don't necessarily have to push your knee as far over your toe as possible either. The knee over toe literally just means get that knee to track in line with the, the toe. And you don't have to like push your hips as far as possible. And I see that, I see that a bunch too kind of. 
when people use the slant board when they're doing their squats, sometimes their hips will actually like shoot forward a little bit. Yep. And, and I don't want that because I still want the hips to be able to like the glutes to be able to lengthen. And I kind of want to keep them in like a like a telephone box, pretty much. Like I want you to be able to squat like that where I want the knee to go over the toe, but I don't need it to go so far over the toe where the heel comes up. Maybe down the line, as you get more advanced, you can play around with those different positions so that if you're an athlete or something, when you get caught in that position where your knee is really far over your toe and your heel is lifted off the ground, then yeah, that makes sense. But like we talked about in the beginning, most people want to exercise because it makes them feel better mentally. Their trainer told them to. <laughs> Their friends are doing it now. Yeah. Because uh, it's almost like a social thing now with Instagram. Um, and they want to play with their kids maybe. So they, when they squat down, like one of my clients is telling me, he's like, yeah, my lower back's starting to hurt when I pick up the toys or something from the floor. And that's a real life thing. So it's like, okay, well, do you really need to be pushing your knee as far over your toe as possible? Or do I probably just got to get you better at being able to bend down without having to pull at your lower back? Yeah. So if you get all the way down past 90 degrees, can you stand back up? Man, and that's, uh, you hit on like one of, one of my main talking points is like, you know, playing at our kids, playing with our kids at a higher level. And like, I'm already thinking to the future, you know, about like one day, like playing with grandkids and stuff like that. And y'all, um, muscle mass and leg strength are both indicative of longevity. And I think guys are so bad about like, we just want to do like curls and bench press, mm -hmm. you know, which are great. And I know you do those as well, but I mean, if we're just talking about like longevity and like performing at a high level and like maintaining, um, independence as we age, it, it's legs y'all it's legs. Yeah. I was having that conversation with my client today, actually, when we we're doing like a single leg balance drill is balance is one of the most important things as you get older that you need to train because when you get older and you're walking upstairs or walking downstairs or walking down a hill, by the way, walking down a hill is pretty much a heel elevated squat. It is harder for you to maintain your balance. And if you fall and you're old, there's a good chance you might break your hip. And if you break your hip when you're in your 80s or something like that, it is not a good sign. Uh, but if you are older now, it doesn't mean you can't start. I have a client who's yeah. 65 years old. He's gotten stronger over the last three years. So that's the coolest thing about the body is you can continue to get stronger. You can continue to improve until the day you die. And that's the beauty of a slant board is because it gives you a starting point. If you feel you have no range of motion in your hips, one of the, it just reminded me, one of the things we always see on our Instagram account with our ads is people just saying, oh, just work on mobility. Just work on mobility. You don't need this tool. They actually don't call it a tool, but they say you don't need this overpriced thing. One, I'm like, it's a tool. That's, that's all it is, is a tool that you can use. That So when you're, you have a person A who doesn't want to use the tool, just wants to stretch and try to improve their mobility. And, you know, maybe they'll get there, but for a lot of people, it's very boring and really time intensive. Person B, they, they use the tool to squat and get stronger and get their body into positions they're not able to get in without the tool. And they still stretch a little bit and do some mobility exercises like their split squats and their single leg balance drills. If you compare those two people, five years down the line, I'd much rather be the other person who used the tool to strengthen their legs and still did mobility work instead of person A over here just still stretching. It's like you have to expose yourself to some high stressor and demands. The body is not as fragile 
as people think, right? Like at the end of the day, our bodies were designed to sprint. And I know you know that because I always see you, you doing your sprints, right? That's yep. what we're designed to do. And you have to give it some high stress stimulus. And sometimes you need a tool to be able to access those ranges of motion to be able to load it in that pattern to get stronger. Yep. And dude, it's like in exactly what you just said, you see people um, going to the gym is a huge accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Just just showing up, but it's at a, at a point there has to be a stimulus. You know what I'm saying? Because like mm-hmm. you see, I hate it and I, I don't want to rag on anybody, but you see people who go to the gym and they kind of like walk on the treadmill, you know, talk to a few people, do a couple sets of hanging leg raises and then, you know, go home because they put in like their 30 or 45 minutes. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta put a little bit of stress on the body in order to see progress. And then the longer you do it, cause I'm, I know Eric, you've been at it a long time. You know, we have to continue incrementally adding a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more mm-hmm. over time. So you continue improving. Yeah. And then you, you also have, because of Instagram now and almost this whole thing of physical therapists who are on Instagram, we're always giving people like drills to do, which gives really good like clicks and comments and likes. Yeah, People are almost afraid now to exercise where <laughs> they're doing a lot of these just breathing drills where they're laying yeah. on the ground or they're yeah. stretching because their hip doesn't get to 80 degrees of external rotation. So they're not ready to squat yet. Um, yeah. Whereas like you just got to move a little bit. You don't. You really don't want to. You really don't want to complicate it. Uh, like we said at the beginning. I mean, I've been training for twelve years, and I've really learned from some of the best people when it comes to just the science of getting stronger and things like that. And sometimes it just comes down to more weight, more reps. Like sometimes you just got to do a little bit more reps, even if it's with your body weight. If you did ten squats on Monday, try to do twelve on Wednesday. You're not going to hurt yourself with. With most time, you're not going to injure yourself doing body weight stuff. Very, very hard to do, but it's still extremely beneficial versus just trying to stretch your hip flexor because someone told you to do the couch stretch. Yeah. It's like I'd still rather you squat than do a couch stretch. But yeah. Doing both is like we the best thing, you know, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. There's the and, and first of all, there is there's the best of both worlds. There's one hundred percent a balance, mm-hmm. but um I, I tend to lean a little old school. There's this guy I follow on Twitter. Um, and he's really funny. He's mainly like, like the big three lifts, you know, like bench squat, deadlift. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, I'm so tired of people doing like 20 minute mobility exercises, 20 minutes of mobility exercises before they squat. He was like, he's like, yeah. I, I do like a set of body weight squats. I do the empty bar. I do 135. I, you know, it's like, if you want to get better at squatting, you got to squat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, man, uh, warm-ups that's people you go in i saw so i used to work at equinox and you definitely saw the 20 minute warm-uppers yeah they go in they grab a foam roller yeah foam roll for like 10 minutes while they're texting then they do some like hip flexor drills the latest the latest like t-spine mobility drill that they uh they saw on instagram that week yep. and then i'm like i'm already because i'm training i'm like already 35 minutes in you know finish my main lifts we're on to like our so basically how i kind of break down my workouts is I'll kind of start out with the light warm up, like three to five minutes on the bike, and then choose maybe three to five moves, depending on the person on, of basically it might be like uh, some sort of core engaged movement. We're going to get a plank, side plank, dead buck, something like that. Something to open up the hips real quick, maybe a downward dog to push up, like a groiner, reaching overhead, things like that. But not, nothing too crazy. Like we're done in 10 minutes max, including that five minute, like aerodyne warm up. 
And then we'll go into some jumping drills, plyometrics or med ball stuff to kind of keep that power going. Then we do our main lifts. And then from there, we go into a little like three exercise circuit where it's a little bit more mobility driven, where it's like a single arm press, single arm row, split squat, step down, lunge, something like that, where the weight isn't the main focus. It's more about focus on the movement itself. Can you maintain these tempos, et cetera? Maybe have a dumbbell in one hand. So we kind of offset them a little bit. And then we finish up with the core exercise. By the time we do that, the person is still warming up probably for the squat. So (laughs) like we talked about, your body is ready to go. If anything, the human body needs more time to wind down. But in today's caffeinated society, it's like, and and how much you're on your phone, like your body's wired. Like it's, it's ready to go. Just give it some stimulus and get started. Because we know, I mean, getting started with a workout, at least for me, is the hardest part. You know, it's like, oh man, I got to go do this, this. Like if you just get started, you get the momentum, you get the blood going. Like, all right, this is fun. Like I feel good. I'm moving around. I'm shaking the rust off. So I think, yeah, we're starting to see that same thing where it's people are doing way too much mobility and they're not getting, giving themselves enough graded exposure. And that's what the slam board does in a way. It, it, it gives you that graded exposure because for most people, squatting, um, like a full squat pattern for them is extremely challenging yeah. in that hip distance position. Like we talked about either hip distance to shoulder width. A lot of people can do it if they get really wide and then their torso is going to lean really far forward. Yeah. So getting, using that slam board or a squat, wedge really allows you to target those quadriceps, target the glutes in that full stretch position without having to take a wide stance. So that lower back doesn't get any tension on it. And it's a great tool because like we just said, you don't need to stretch for 30 minutes to 60 minutes per day because most people don't have that much time nor do they have that discipline yeah well do and i gotta for anybody who's listening probably like eric said a lot of good things today but i don't know if you notice like his warm-up was quick and it's dynamic and if you watch like good trainers who have done it for a long time like that's what they do like 10 minutes max you elevate Mm -hmm. the heart rate like you notice his core exercises weren't crunch crunches. They were side planks because those do a little bit of everything. Like that's, that's a, a great takeaway from today. Eric, one thing I did want to cover today that I thought would be fun. Um, and I hate to put you on the spot, but if you had your top five favorite exercises to do with the squat wedgie, what would they be? I mean, definitely just the barbell back squat is number one um so i have scoliosis so i had a little bit of bulging bulging disc in my lower back when i was younger so that's why i've always really used squat wedges because it keeps me more upright and it makes it a lot easier for me to do that barbell back squat without having to kind of hinge forward excessively so that's number one i love that but i I still use it today i mean all the time we have a smith machine squat so i use the smith machine too which is really nice Ooh, number two Hip thrust, probably. I think okay. the hip thrust going, yeah, going, going toes elevated on the hip thrust, especially like the single leg is nasty because you get that increased range of motion in the bottom of the movement. Cause you're, cause like with the adjustable wedgie, it's four and a half inches tall at a 20 degree slope. So you get that extra four and a half inches and then you get that nice leverage to be able to like push back actually into yeah. it. So I love that one. I, I Interesting. Mean, that's probably one of my favorites. And then definitely the calf raise, just yep. because calf raise Agreed. slash calf stretch, lean forward on it, get a huge, nice pump out of the calf muscle. And also too, when it comes to the foot, it kind of helps you reduce your uh, hammerhead toes. So if your toes are really like, like 
kind of flex like this all the time is because you're always clenching. Whereas by going up the slam forward, it helps flatten those toes out. So you can get that nice natural roll of the, uh, the foot when you're doing that calf raise. And then definitely the, like a low, like a rear foot elevated heel elevated foot squat. So Bulgarian with the front foot heel elevated was just total quad destruction. Yeah, because you know summer's coming up, so you got to be able to have some quads for, to rock the short shorts. I'm a short yeah, guy. Four inch 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 guys. Very, yeah, very very small shorts. So people know they see the <laughs> that VMO. Um, and then that was was that three? That was four. Four, four. And then uh, the speed skater. Um, okay. Like a ply, like a lateral plyometrics, like a lateral jump into it. Okay, cool. I, I like a lot. Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of like. Uh, like a little Ninja Warrior-esque. You're kind of just like, you're on that one leg and you bound with that right leg into it. And since it's kind of on that slope, it makes it a little bit more horizontal in nature. So you get like a really good push off. It's just, that one's just fun. I like doing that one for cardio. I feel like an athlete yeah. again. I like that a lot as well. And, and to your credit earlier, you know, just talking about like balance and stuff, man, I think when we become adults, especially if you're not training in the gym, it's like you're doing nothing, like no lateral movement, like nothing athletic. And man, if you, and it's, it's such an old saying, like if you don't use it, you lose it. Like it's 100% mm-hmm. true. That's something that's so important to train laterally and like an uneven surface. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cause I, I love trail running. So yep. I'm out here in Los Angeles and I go out to the forest, a bunch. We do have forest yeah. here. It's just another city over the over the over the uh 101 so yeah. when i'm out there running though i mean just the other day when i was running like my ankle took a little bit of a turn but i was yep. perfectly fine because i've done a lot of like single leg hops on the slam four so my yep. ankle, i'm exposing my ankle to it and again like we talked about earlier though start out small with all these new stressors you have to start out very small and gradually increase that stress amount so you don't need to go from zero to here right away yeah man that's so cool um Eric, for people that want to also, I got to cover before I go into that, I got to say something real fast. One thing that we didn't cover guys is the tib bar. Um, Oh yeah. I I love the tib bar and, um, it, it's kind of hard to train like y'all tibialis anterior is a muscle on the front of your shin. And uh, if you've ran track or done like marathons and never had issues with like shin splints, if you train Mm -hmm. that muscle, absolute game changer. Um, for helping with shin splints. And I learned that in college and I would just do like, bro, like hundreds of reps because there's not a great way to do them weighted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a tib bar is just this little tool that you use to train uh, the tibialis anterior game changer um, just for like overall performance and longevity and squat wedgies has, has a sweet one. So that'd be something to look into as well. Yeah. And maybe we'll do another one of these podcast we'll talk about the tib bar we'll do another giveaway for people in honor of yeah. the podcast so we'll give away the tib bar to your audience yeah uh, we got some cool stuff coming up too we got a solo one coming out soon as well so i'm excited for that that solo Heck one is yeah. gonna be really cool to use to strengthen the hip flexors as well uh but yeah tib bar we'll save that for next time but it is a really valuable piece of equipment that um you can use to train your quadriceps for leg extensions, use it to train the shin underneath it. So if you do have knee pain, the tib bar is an essential tool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Eric, bro, this has been great. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, like on Instagram, TikTok, where's the best place to find you? Definitely Instagram, uh, at 
squat wedgies. I run our Instagram. I answer all of the messages there. I run our uh, YouTube as well. At Squat Wedgies on YouTube, I have like 800 videos on there, I think, from just my training days of exercise tutorials and stuff. And I'm uploading a lot of our Instagram reels as shorts there too. So if you want to get some good workout routines, uh, see how I work out with the wedges and all those different exercises. We just published a new video talking about the five best slam forward exercises you can do as a beginner. Uh, So I would start there. Sick, dude. Hey, Eric, thanks so much for doing this. I do think we'll probably have to do a part two sometime soon. Yeah, I'm game. Cool, bro. Hey, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you.